this is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Gail Voizella, who is the Chief Nurse Executive at Houston Methodist. Gail, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Laura. It's great to be here. Now, I'm really looking forward to our discussion. I know Houston Methodist is one of the most innovative health systems in the country, and certainly you're doing some amazing things there, both with clinical care as well as your connection with the community. But before we dive further into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure, happy to. So I um, am a long-standing nurse. I've been um, in nursing for over 30 years um, and have seen lots of uh, changes in nursing over that time um, and gone through. Um, I When I started my career, it was during the uh, start of the AIDS pandemic. So I certainly have gone through um, lots of different events during my career, um, which I think has helped me to become a resilient leader with hurricanes and storms and all sorts of things, you know, culminating, I think, into the last, those rough years during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I have um, been uh, also a leader in nursing um, and had had a variety of roles as a nursing leader over my tenure and have had the pleasure of being the chief nurse at uh, Houston Methodist now for a little over two years. So I'm fairly new to the Houston Methodist organization, but certainly have hit the ground running to really help to support nursing and um, really, as you mentioned, uh, utilizing innovation to redesign our model of care. Well, that's amazing to hear. And, you know, I know there's so many different um, ideas out there around how healthcare could change and, and transform, especially coming out of the pandemic. It seems like it was a, such a great opportunity to try some new things and do some new things out of that really challenging time. And so, you know, when you look at what care redesign looks like for you and incorporating some of the different innovations and technologies from the last few years, uh, what do you really, I guess, see as being some of the, the, um, most interesting things in, in best ideas, I guess you've seen come out of this kind of tumultuous time during the pandemic. Sure. So I think innovation is best implemented if you have a stable environment, as as most stable as you can be. And I, and we have been able to do that luckily here with getting turnover rates down to pre-pandemic rates for nursing turnover. Um, and um, it didn't just happen um, by luck or by my uh, leadership alone. It had to have intention behind it. Um, and so part of that was really looking um, at um, how we hire the right people, how we retain, and then how we educate um, nurses, because it's certainly different um, today um, post-pandemic and just due to the shortages that existed is um, and the complexity of care. So um, that education happens constantly at the unit level. So we also know that our workforce is different and they wanna have flexibility. 
They want to make sure that when they're here, they're invested, but they also have time off. So bringing people in for additional training, too, is, is not satisfying to our workforce and, and not, uh, not the appropriate utilization of time. So really, we focused on here at Houston Methodist is what education and training can be done all the time at the unit level so people aren't pulled away from the unit and that we have the right uh, resources of educators within our units in order to provide that education, which has allowed us to stabilize our workforce and, and make, make sure that our workforce feels competent to take care of the patients that we deliver care to. Um, and then you cannot stop there. So the other part is, is we have messaged and communicated to all of our nurses that there's a nursing shortage that's here for a long time. And we also know that nurses even prior to the pandemic, it wasn't like we didn't have nursing shortages. And we also know that in nursing is we sometimes pick up tasks that it doesn't require a nurse to do, but we're the ones there at the bedside doing that. And so we can we looked at two things. One is the utilization of innovation technology in order to offload some of those tasks. And then we looked at too is what does our model of care look like? Um, and so for innovation, we focused on three things to offload our bedside nurses of some of the workload that we believe that technology can support with. And the first is virtual nursing. And that's not just in the ICUs, that's in our acute care areas. And that's nurses that come in and do things like the, um, we use Epic here at Houston Methodist, is that do the admission navigator on a arrival of a patient or the ABS summary on discharge. Um, and then we believe that we can further enhance um, that, uh, that work with doing other things to best support our nurses. So we're almost everywhere across Houston Methodist with our virtual nursing acute care, and we are everywhere in all our ICUs with virtual ICU uh, to do things like teleproctoring and, and other things to support our nurses. The other um, technology we've utilized is um, a biointelligence button to do um, monitoring of our patients with a use of a sticker that does resting heart rate and resting respiratory rate and some other features. Um, that gives vital signs every hour, um, those specific ones um, that the mean average of those vital signs every hour in the chart. And it also um, alerts um, that come through to our virtual center to help alert nurses if the, a patient is deteriorating, which frees up um, our PCAs from doing an, um, as many vital signs at the unit level um, so they can help nurses differently. And the final one is ambient intelligence, which is really looking at, um, we spend a lot of time auditing uh, for things like hand washing and um, in turning of patients. And we just have started to work with that technology to say, okay, well, what can we do to free up people from auditing so much and get accurate information about what's actually going on in the room? Um, and then as far as the um, model of care. So we've had the same model of care in nursing for a very long time, um, which usually consists of an RN and the PCA, um, and PCAs having, of course, a larger number of patients. Um, but we have um, looked at and done some studies here on 
what is a nurse spending their time on both in the intensive care unit and in acute care. And again, a lot of those tasks um, don't have to be done by a nurse. So is it that we have more phlebotomists that come up and draw labs so nurses aren't doing that? Or is it that we have a smaller ratio for the PCA assignment so they can do um, things like uh, more of the baths and um, more of the ambulation of patients? So our nurses can look at, critically look at their patients across and do the things that they went to school for. So most nurses didn't go to the school to type, for example, which is why we spent a lot of investment on virtual nursing. Um, most went because they wanted the art and science of nursing, which is listening to patients, caring for patients and their families, um, being able to critically think and look at if, if this patient is getting healthier or deteriorating. And we wanna make sure that nurses are re uh, appropriately resourced with the right technology, the right workforce around them in order to do that. That's a huge accomplishment. And certainly going through everything you talked about from some of the different technology transformation using artificial intelligence and other technologies to make sure that you're supporting caregivers and nurses and virtual nursing in all sorts of different spaces where technology can come in, um, you know, and really augment what you're doing, um, as well as some of the the note-taking of those kinds of things just seems like an incredible uh, feat to integrate that throughout the health system and then be able to think through how the model of care changes, how the day-to-day -day for caregivers, um, you know, really changes when they're working to the top of their abilities and expected to um, provide that great patient care and not have to take time to do some of the more administrative tasks. So from your perspective, I can imagine as a nurse leader, um, the last couple of years in, in that focus on technology, you know, really changes the types of skills and, and change management that, um, you know, you were used to early on in your career. Right. Yes. So we, uh, I speak to all of the, uh, the new nurses at the medical center campus when they onboard um, and talk about our strategic planning and nursing a little bit and about utilization of innovation and changes that um, we expect to make in our model of care. Um, and part of that is so people here as they enter our environment that change is here in the why. So sometimes as nursing leaders, we explain technically why we're doing something, but not the why behind it. And we wanna make sure that our staff know um, the why we're doing it. It's not just to do it, is we know that there's a shortage um, of nurses and it's here for a long, long time. Um, we work on things like the pipeline of nurses coming out of school and other things to help better support it, but there is a shortage. Um, and it, it, even if we open up those pipelines a little bit more, it's still going to be there. And the other thing we know is that nurses um, have expressed to us they're tired, they're overwhelmed, they feel overwhelmed by their work assignments, they feel the burden of care um, is very, very high. So we have to look at things differently, but we need to do that in a, with a partnership with our frontline staff. So we start all of our innovation at Houston Methodist in four units as a pilot before we spread anywhere else. So we can figure out a lot of the kinks related to it before moving across the organization. 
But we are also clear that we get things about 80% there, and then we start moving forward to push it to other units because you have to, nothing is perfect, um, but really that they're part of the change. They give us feedback, we try to tweak it, we work with them, uh, with the frontline uh, staff and leaders to say, how do we um, utilize this a little bit differently? How do we implement it a little differently? What information, what's the education? And then we keep going in order to make sure that we get it out quickly. If we waited for perfection, we would never get it anywhere. Um, and so, but we do always start with a hub of four units before we do press on forward. That makes a lot of sense, you know, and it is really such an important message to to spread. I think um, when you're looking at innovation and when you're looking at being able to keep up with the trends, whether it's the workforce shortages or other challenges that health systems are seeing as they're trying to treat patients well, that ability to uh, get things up, as you said, about 80% or so, and then being able to roll out and continue to make changes and iterate and, and make things better and not wait for perfection. I know sometimes in healthcare, it, it seems like you have to be darn near perfect in order to start something new, but uh, you know, to, to have that kind of flexibility, it seems like would be really powerful. Yes, definitely. And we also have a, a support team from our innovation group that goes and rounds um, as well. So they can hear directly the, the voices of our frontline nurses. Um, and, and again, to help them to do their job better in, um, in helping to support anything that we're doing to, to roll out as uh, for support for our nurses. That's great to hear. And, you know, I'm looking, obviously, you've got a lot of different priorities today, whether it's kind of addressing the education piece, the workforce shortages, the technology, the digital transformation is huge. How do you see the organization overall evolving in the next two to three years? What do you see, especially with some of the, the new care model and, and um, definitely the redesign and reimagination of what healthcare looks like and could be? How do you see that changing? I, I think how it's evolving and changing is, is that we are going to keep, um, we're going to have to keep at it. So typically in nursing is we pick a big initiative as part of our strategic planning and move forward with that. So if it's um, onboarding of new graduate nurses, if it's retention, um, if it's strategy around education or um, utilization of one new technology, such as implementation of a medical record, uh, an electronic one. But that uh, world is gone. Um, if we are going to retain nurses nationally, we have to do all of it. So how we're going to retain is if we are onboarding nurses, you know, recruiting the right people, to um, get into nursing as well as uh, to pick the right environment for them to thrive. Um, and then we have to make sure that we have the right education structure around them. That is some, um, you know, in-person live demonstrations, other things are virtual videos. We have to use all of it that best meets the needs of our frontline nurses. Um, and then we have to have the right culture around them to reward nurses for the great work and their commitment to their patients in the appropriate way, celebrate who nurses are and listen to their voices and have a, a, a just a lot of mechanisms for them to, for nurses to give their input. 
Um, and then to be able to quickly adapt and make changes with the utilization of innovation or care model changes or workforce shifts, whatever it is, um, because we know that the nursing staff is the people typically that are um, working 24 hours a day in that room with a patient or the lifeline for a patient that's at home. Um, and we want to make sure that they are um, really the, um, that the nurses have what they need to do their job well. Um, and if we have the right team around them with the right technology and the right support, um, partnership with great physicians, then we know that our patients will get outstanding care. That's great to hear and definitely makes a lot of sense in terms of supporting nurses and in those, as you mentioned, it's a tough job and it is a lot to be done there, um, you know, and so being able to recruit and retain and get people in the right spots that they can really use their strengths and, um, you know, benefit patients and the entire organization. I think that that is so crucial. And, and I love the way that you phrased it about um, having to do everything at once to make sure that things are, are going smoothly for the nursing workforce. Now, you know, considering all of these changes um, and, and you've been on the forefront um, for a while here, I, I'd love to hear from your perspective what, I guess, one particular change is that you or your team has made that's yielded great results. I think we've touched on a lot of different things, but just would love to hear some of the specifics around the results from one of the particular uh, initiatives that you feel like was was really beneficial. Sure, um, we've had a we've had a few uh, great successes over the last couple of years, and again because we have a great team here that wants nursing to do well. So the right culture is at Houston Methodist for success, which really helped me as a new uh, leader in the organization. I would say is um, the first initiative um, that I had when I started was that education, um, commitment to um, improving the, um, well, increasing the number of education um, professional practice leaders at the bedside to then improve quality of care for our patients. So we have seen at Houston Methodist a shift in the tenure of our nurses post-pandemic, and that trend is nationally. A lot of nurses that were close to retirement left either during the pandemic or post-pandemic, those initial years. Um, and so nurses, are, the tenure of our nurses dropped dramatically. And so the support for education had to look different. So there, it was um, an immediate call to action for us to relook at that and to right-size it. So um, we put um, additional professional practice leaders is what we call our educators here at Houston Methodist Hospital. And we added um, those and then we centralized their model. So they had one leader. So they drove um, all of their education practices in a standardized process. So we, we struggled with things like catheter-associated bloodstream infections um, immediately um, post the big surges in the pandemic and certainly during with the acuity of our patients. And we were able to establish a training um, program that allowed our nurses to get quarterly training on the um, utilizing that central line-associated bloodstream infection bundle. And so um, with that, we've seen um, a 
dramatic drop in the number of central line infections um, since implementation of that model. And, um, and also we've been able to um, maintain that, sustain it, and now drive it to other things, um, other quality initiatives because we know the model works. So that was one of our initial big successes. Um, I would say virtual um, nursing care um, and that support both in the intensive care units as well as in acute care is also a huge success. Initially, when we rolled it out to the pilot units, virtual acute care nursing, our nurses said, we don't want it. We want a real nurse at the bedside uh, because our nurses are vocal, which is what we love. Um, but within 10 days of having virtual, they shifted uh, their mind on that. Um, some had floated to other units and then um, asked us why we don't have it everywhere yet. Um, because they saw the support it provided. Um, and so that was a huge success. If we can unburden the work of the bedside nurse, as well as stabilize our workforce, it leads to high quality patient care outcomes. If our nurses stay with us because they're not overly fatigued, they don't feel overwhelmed in what they have to do shift by shift, they stay with us. And that staying allows them to have a career at Houston Methodist, not just a job. Um, and so that is always our focus. I love it, Gail. Thank you so much for joining us on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast today. This has been such a fun and fascinating discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you, Laura. Appreciate your help. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.